Hey, I'm Bryant. And I'm Noah. You are listening to the Bryant and Noah podcast. We believe in connection, community, and collaboration through meaningful conversation. There is power in connection. Having the courage to reveal our desires will help us understand each other. Each conversation draws us near a new understanding and a more purposeful life. Who we are as individuals can be magnified through community and shared knowledge. All right, Bryant, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hi, Noah. How are you? Hi, Bryant. I am magnificent. Good, good, good. I am brilliant, as always. So this is the last episode of the season. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. So exciting. <laughs> I can't believe it's finally here. It, it, that went by quick. Like, yeah. that's, what is, 13 episodes? Like, that, it just kind of flew by. And to be honest, it kind of felt like he was dragging at first. Like, I felt like we were, like, I don't know. Maybe I didn't have too much going on. And every time it was recording, I was like, oh, this is so much. But thinking about it today, I was like, that went by really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. And it's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So how is your week so far? So as I mentioned in our last episode, I was getting vaccinated this week. I got my first dose this week. And... As we speak in this moment, I have been vaccinated for five hours, um, and I feel like Superman, which is a telltale sign that Brother Noah is going down. Um, and I'm honestly nervous about it, but I feel good. I personally feel good about being vaccinated, one, because I have to travel a lot this year, um, but also just thinking about the fact that I am protecting my family, the friends that I'll be interacting with, and ultimately myself because I have asthma. Um, yeah. Okay. And, good, good. Uh, uh, oh, I, I've gone out twice now and I've left my puppy at home by himself, which is a huge thing for me because I was quite nervous about that. And I felt like a very, very bad dog parent the other day when I went to dinner and then I went out again today, uh, twice today, actually, once to the gym and then once to get vaccinated. And, you know, he didn't die. And so <laughs> that's a okay. he didn't die. And when I walked in the door, there was a sigh of relief because I genuinely was excited. Oh, my dog is still alive. So, yeah, that was my week. That's my week. <laughs> what about you? Okay. Good. My week is going smooth. Um, it's been a few days of rest for me, which okay. is good. Um, much needed so um very glad for that mm -hmm. um it's interesting because usually i just try to take advantage of the time that i do have like even if it's just to do something for myself like at this point it's like i didn't feel like doing anything <laughs> <laughs> but i think that's a good thing because um it's truly giving me the rest that i need so okay good that's good perfect so uh we're going to get into the question of the day but just to, uh, of course, let you know what the topic is for this episode. So the topic of this episode is for a season and for a reason. People in your life for a moment or as lessons. Spicy. So the question Spicy. of the day. Mm -hmm. So the question of the day is we want to know what is, what is your longest friendship and what kept it together? So my longest friendship. Um... 
I'm trying to do the number in my head, but I've had the same two best friends since second grade. Um, uh, Glory and Jennerlyn. I dated Glory. I mean, I'm not sure if you can say a second grader was dating, but uh, okay. Glory and I met because Glory asked for my red crayon out of my crayon box. And we were literally attached to the hip, like from that moment on. Um, what's, uh, what kept that together? Honestly, guys, at a very young age, young Noah possessed um, a skill for persuasion um, and obsession. I was in second grade with Gloria and Jennerland, and then we moved and I was going to another elementary school. I needed to get back to this said school to be with this said girl. Like I was obsessed with Gloria. I knew the park that we used to go to, where we met, where her parents lived. And ever so often I would make my mom go to this park to, to hopefully run into her and we never did. And I convinced her to send me back to the same uh, elementary school in fifth grade and we reconnected in fifth grade. We happened to be in home together. And the rest is history, literally attached. We communicate now, maybe, I want to say every three months, but on major holidays and on all birthdays, we connect via email, text message, or Google Hangout. Um, honestly, the three of us just get that life happens. We didn't go to the same high school. We didn't yeah. go to the same colleges. We don't fret about not being there for certain things or missing out or not texting or phone calls. We are three adults. I've always been career oriented since elementary school, meaning five-year plan, 10-year plan. So everyone who knows, um, literally. Okay. So um, yeah, that it just, our relationship has just happened. And speaking of which, I'm going to her wedding, April. 17. Wow. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's great. I love that. So second grade. That's yeah. A long time. It's a long time. A long time. <laughs> um, so for me, my longest friendship, you know, I had to think about this because just growing up, my family moved around a lot. Mm -hmm. And um I hate to say it, but it was real, it was really hard for me to make friends because number one moving around a lot and secondly I just wasn't that type of person where I even wanted sought out people to be friends with I was more so like alone reading my books doing my studies that was it um yeah but um beyond that I would say my longest friendship was one that I made in high school uh won't say any names but that was my, I would say that was my longest friendship, but it came to a point where I actually had to end that friendship because I came to the realization, like when I was a teenager, that we only connected because of our troubles that we were both facing, like basically connected because of trauma. Um, and I didn't want that to be the basis for my life because he was a huge part of my life at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say what kept it together at that point was the trauma until I literally one day, I thought about it the night before and I was like having a moment. I think I was like 17 or something. I was like, Brian, where do you want your life to go? I remember laying in bed the night before. And then I made a decision. I said, tomorrow, I'm going to call this person and tell them that we have to like go our separate ways. Um, 
which, you know, it was very hard for me. Like I cried after because he was literally my best friend. Like the things that I couldn't talk about, especially when you're growing up gay and all of that. And, you know, your family grows up super Christian and, you know, you're being told you're going to hell by family members, stuff like that. Um, That was like, in a way, he was a lifeline for me. But I had to think about, you know, there was something more, you know? Mm -hmm. So I called him and I said, you know, we just can't be in contact anymore. You know, at this point, we have to really get serious about where we want our lives to go. And years later, he reached out to me. I think I was in my mid-20s. And he reached out to me and he was like, you know, I just want to say thank you because had you not done that, my life would not be what it is right now. Like there's so many things going for me and I just can't even believe it. Just like a decade ago, this was not even on my radar, not possible. But I realized you did made that decision because you love me and I really thank you for it. So, so I would say um, now we're not close, mm-hmm. but we both know that there's still love there. So I would say that that was my longest friendship. And what kept us together was honestly through it all, we were just open, like open about the troubles that we both had. And then even open about, um, even when it ended, like being open about what was possible. So I would say that's what it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Sorry, that was a little heavy for me to talk about because I, I haven't even had to ever think about that, but yeah. But um, the topic, of course, is for a season and for a reason, people in your life for a moment or as a lesson. So we have the first question. So Noah, do you believe that everyone in your life serves a specific purpose? So because I am a, godly person, a spiritual person, part of me wants to say, yes, everyone serves a purpose. Does does everyone serve a specific purpose? I don't think so. I think that there are anomalies in our lives that pop up because of whatever reason. People come into play because of whatever card we chose to um, hand out during a how do I say this? Eh, okay, I'm trying to make sure I say this correctly so no one thinks that I'm an asshole. Um, the same way we choose our partners or relationships in general, depending whatever your choice is, there is going to be a lesson or a means of clarity attached to it. And so, I do believe that everyone brings some form of value, um, but I don't think that a specific task is placed on everyone. You said something earlier um, during our kind of green room session where you were talking about um, lessons and family and things like that. And I think that there are people in our lives who we are directly connected to that may serve specific purposes, but, but for the most part, I think everyone is just kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a free fall, if you will. I think 
<clears throat> I want to use an example of a friend that I had that I met here in New York City. This particular individual has provided the same lesson for quite a few people in our inner circle. We've all learned it differently in different variation, but this particular person provided the exact same lesson across the board. And so I okay. sometimes I think it may just be, I don't know, I don't think I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm explaining it correctly, but um, yes, I believe that people serve a purpose. I don't think that everyone serves a specific purpose, but that is, I think, perhaps um, unique to each individual. Yeah. I said a lot without saying anything, but y'all get what I'm saying. Brian look lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that I'm lost. Um, I'm just really trying to put together what you're saying. Okay. My, but my thoughts on this question is, do people in my life serve a specific purpose? I think sometimes those things come in hindsight with some oh, people wait. and it depends I, on the person or the interaction that you have. Yeah, go on. No, no, I answered the question all wrong. Okay. I did it in a general. No, no, we're not doing this over. I did it in a general, meaning like just overall, if you were talking specific to my life, that's a little bit, that's a shadier question and a shadier answer, um, but we won't, we won't do that. Oh. <laughs> Okay, we won't go there. <laughs> Maybe at the end. But, um, I, you kind of want to go there. It's kind of funny. <laughs> um, but do you have anything else to share on that? Huh? Do you have anything else to share on that? Um, I think everyone currently in my life serves a specific purpose. And I, I think and I am confident in that because of the growth that I've had in life. Prior to the season that I'm currently in, I think that there were wavering points where people were here who just shouldn't ultimately, they really shouldn't have been present. Mm -hmm. And I either kept them around too long or I acquired them through some kind of damage or through some, um, I acquired them kind of like through an emotional battle, if you will. And, um, that gets messy, but I think now, I think currently everyone serves a specific purpose, but that's also, my circle is a lot smaller. Um, okay. But okay. yeah, so I think maybe the last four years, um, and that's going to a conversation that you and I had, uh, you and I had when we first met, when I was like, I found my tribe. Like it's yeah. only when I found the people of value that it was clear that each individual was serving a purpose. Cause before you don't, I don't think you see that in just regular regular relationships, but when those right. two moments happen or when those, when the right individuals or the necessary individuals for your life show up, you can't help but notice it. So um, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's also um, it's what you're saying, but then also for me, with some people is about the intention as well. Like, why do I want to be connected to this person? That's really, even as you were speaking earlier, that's the one word that came up. Because there are some people where in my life where it's like, okay, I know that you're not gonna be this close buddy, buddy person with me. Like, I already know that. 
this is where you're going to be. You're only allowed to cross these lines. And if you try to go beyond that, uh, sorry, that door is closed. Mm -hmm. Like, this is as far as you can go. Um, versus other people where it's like, okay, my intention is to draw you in nearer. And I just have to figure out how that's going to happen, but still making sure that it's in an organic way and without resistance and without it feeling forced. So I try to be very conscious of that as well, because there are people that I know or know of where it's like, okay, I know that as my life journey goes along, it would be great if I can um, meet this person, be friends with them or collaborate with them or whatever the case may be. Um, however it comes to me, it's bringing them more so, more so to the foreground versus them being in the background. So when I think of serving a specific purpose, sometimes it can happen that way, depending on, um, and not specific in terms of what can be done in your life. Yeah, I'm thinking specifics in terms of how they can serve in your life mm -hmm. and also how you can serve them because that has to be a two-way street. So yeah, I'm just, I was just thinking about the intention, but yes, I believe that is 100% true that um, for most people in your life, it is, it has to be for a purpose because I just, especially as you get older, you'll start to realize that you want to become more conscious of who you're allowing in your life and not having frivolous friendships. Indeed, so that word, yeah. frivolous. You hear that, people? Frivolous. <laughs> okay. You don't do that no more in 2021. Right. Look yeah. at the people around you. Look at mm -hmm. them. Truly look at them. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay. All right. So second question. Is it ever okay to cut someone off? <laughs> well, based oh. on how I answered the question of the right. day. <laughs> my answer is yes <laughs> it is completely okay to cut someone off mm -hmm. um but it's all in how it's done okay and it's all about understanding the reason what i find sometimes when we think of cutting someone off like first of all the word to cut someone off is already sounds very harsh mm -hmm. and when you say to someone like oh i had to cut that person off people are sometimes may interpret it as like oh my gosh what drama occurred <laughs> and sometimes it's not always that it's just literally just setting a boundary for what you need for your life you know and it doesn't mean that you have a beef so to speak right. with someone um it's just that you kind of allow them to fade off because you know it's not it's not your journey yeah so and some and sometimes when you're moving forward in a certain way for what you want for your life. And that's very important to know what you want for your life and getting clear on that. Because then the more that isn't, it doesn't take work to do it after a while, you know, the cutting off process just naturally occurs. But there are times when you have to, especially when it's not possible to allow this person to face in the background, you have to be very clear about um, how you interact with them. So cutting them off in that way. Yeah. So uh, how should I say? I once had someone who would call me all the time and I don't mind when people call me and talk to me like, yeah, I would love to call and talk to you. It's not very often that we get to 
talking catch up, so why not? But it was one specific person. They would only call me when they had a problem. And in my mind, it's like, okay, I'm not Mr. Fix-It. <laughs> like, and I had to set the boundary and say, hey, I understand you're calling me because you're upset about this and you probably need me to validate the experience you had or validate your decision, even though I feel it's wrong. Um, I would next time you call me, I want you to call me with at least some sort of solution of what you think would be possible to solve this problem. Because I was getting the calls and it was just always wanting to hash over the issue. Yeah. And when I would come up with solutions, like, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this. And it's like, okay, I'm not here to just listen to you rant. You know, that's not, that's to me, that's not a conversation. Agreed. Um, so yes, I think it's totally okay to cut someone off, especially uh, for your own sanity, <laughs> for your own sanity and for you to be clear on where you want your life to go. Have you ever had a situation where you had to cut somebody off? Absolutely. And okay. if you know me in real life, you know I get tired of people quick. No, on all seriousness. <laughs> um, I, I think because I'm such an emotional person and I am a, I'm that individual that opens up immediately when I first meet you. So I don't hold anything back because again, I like being my authentic self. However, I am one when I immediately recognize I'm either being used, mistreated, ignored, mishandled, um, or any of those negative things, I have no problem removing myself because I've never been in a space to beg for attention or beg for relationship, beg for some form of um, um, intimacy of any kind with anybody, any kind of affection. Right. And, that can be a good or bad thing. Most people who've known me five plus years will always say, Noah has uh, um, a quick response to cutting people off, which is just, bye. I'm never going to, act, why Why are you leaving? Or why haven't I spoken to you? If, baby, if I didn't talk to you in five days, I haven't talked to you in five days. And if five days turn into five months, five months turn into five, I will never, I don't question it. Um, and it's because um, I spent a lot of, and again, this is this year of therapy, I'm able to acknowledge these things. Um, I spent a lot of my adolescence um, chasing affection and attention from my parents and for them to be present. And the moment I realized that what I needed or what I required was in me that I, that I possess that love that I need, I don't need it from an external external um, source. Everything right. else is easy. You know, my friendships all last very long because there is no um, there is no fear of me losing them. Um, I've been fortunate enough to kind of I won't say pick, but I've had a really great circle of friends, and when we blow past each other, I don't harbor over it. I don't hold on to it. Now with relationships, you know, <laughs> I tend to squeeze to the last drop, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get water <laughs> out of a razor. <laughs> <laughs> but even with those, like, um, over the years, I've, those things have gotten easier to let go and cut off too. I just feel like it's easier 
I feel like it's easier to heal from an exit wound versus um, a war wound, if you will. Fighting for your affection or fighting for relationships to, to work out and, and to fix, sometimes it genuinely isn't worth it. People need to be released so that they themselves can grow and so that I can grow. And a lot of the cutting off is usually about me. And I believe that life is a 50-50 world where being selfish is necessary. Um, if I cut you off, it's because I need sanity. Friend or family, yeah. if I cut you off, it's because I need sanity. I need peace. I am one less thing you have to worry about because you are one less thing that I need to be concerned with in the moment. Um, that and I just ain't got time for people. I got a dog now. Listen, it's over for these people in 2021, okay? Because I cut you off. Okay. <laughs> I got a puppy. But no, seriously, like cutting people off and I perhaps I make it a light situation, but life is too short. You know, if I cut you yeah. off and you were supposed to be here, God will make a way for you to get back in my good graces. See how I said that? God will make a way for you to get back in my good graces. Okay. And that applies to okay. everyone. That applies. And that's if if you reversed it, God would have to work it out where I had to make my way back into your good graces. That applies in every way. It's a 360 thing. And that, and when I say that, it's it's all about knowing what I need and what I require as a human being. And if I wanted you in my yeah. life, then I have to respect what that means to be present for you. So yeah. You know, when you just you now spoke about the graces, you know, I'm thinking like if there's anyone in my life that I just was done with, you know, like completely washed my hands of and not, I would say not really because when you're speaking about coming back into the graces, one thing for me is I'm always going to show grace. Yeah. Because I truly believe in second chances, third chances at times. I'm not saying that I turn the other cheek and let people, you know, run me over. But I give people now, if you're just a rotten person, then I mean, let's just leave that where it is. So that's not clearly not <laughs> the type of person I was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm speaking of are, you know. Sometimes as you go in life, you do lose touch with people because of course life happens and sometimes you don't have the time or you don't have the, um, a way to tie up loose ends with people. So me, I'm the type of person where if someone, me and someone, we probably didn't end things on the best terms. Mm -hmm. If we met years later, it's, I'm still going to show grace at that point because time does change you and I'm going to allow that um, to be present versus judging you based off something that happened years prior but yeah that's so I but to answer the question yes I think it's okay to cut someone off mm -hmm. when it comes to your own health and sanity so we're on to the last question now okay and you came up with this question and <laughs> I, I really want to hear, I really want to hear your take on this. I really do. So the question is, is blood really thicker than water? So first, I love that Brian gave you guys the disclaimer that I came up with this question because Brian uh -huh. wants to be very clear. Y'all had nothing 
to do with this mess, okay? No, I don't think it's mess. I just think it's quite interesting and I want so, to hear your take. So I think one, during the duration of the podcast, I've spoken about my relationship with my parents, probably alluded to some of the family situations. I wholeheartedly believe in family. I am a family man. I love my mama and my daddy. Um, I am 33 years old and I still say mama and daddy. Thus, you know, I love them. Um, I believe in family units um, and I believe in the sanctity of family. With that being said, there is a however, and that is because during the course of my existence, I have found solace, I have found support, I have found meaning and purpose in many of my friendships and their family. Um, there is an ex-boyfriend um, of mine, his mother and father are like my mother and father, and they supported me probably more than my own parents during my high school years, which was a very strong point for me. Um, the friends that I've had, my two best friends I've had since second grade, um, Glory's mother is the, like my mother and has instilled in me a lot of qualities when it comes to loving myself and being a good person and having a relationship with God. Um, I think at least when it comes to black families, we, we, we hold this idea that no matter what happens in the world, no matter what is going on, you choose family before your friends. I was raised that way. My dad always made sure that my brothers and I didn't have the same friends because push come to shove. If I ever, if my friend ever, um, I don't know, my friend ever did something to my brother, I would need to choose my brother's side, obviously, even if my brother was wrong. Um, but sometimes, oftentimes for me, my friendships, have proven to be a lot stronger in my stability, in my livelihood, in my growth. There have been greater points in my life where family literally were the cause of my suffering. Like utterly, like literally the cause of my suffering and not to say that family is not to say that family is bad and i do believe that everyone deals with that where you know you are probably going to suffer at the hand of those closest to you um we use a lot of biblical terms when it comes to um family in regards to like what is what, what, what does my dad say um he used to ask us why is it so why is it easier for family to hurt you it's because they have access and for a while i believed that and it's not true because my friends have access to me. They're coherent. Their understanding of what that access means and because they've had to work for that access, they take care of that. And whatever they're privy to, they don't use it against me. Family is used at all, okay? They throw that shit in your face. They smudge it, you know? They reminding you every five seconds. I have, and I say this with absolute love, my friends, have allowed me to grow past the old versions of myself. There are people in my family who still hold me to 10-year-old Demetrius or 17-year-old Demetrius, where I was, y'all, I was fucking up, okay? And I'm aware of that, 
but to this day at 33 years old, no matter how much I have succeeded, no matter what I have built, no matter what I do for anyone, they still hold me to those old versions of myself. And to them, I will never be anything but. And so I pose this question because for me, and when I, when I speak to anyone, it is very important to understand that as you get older, when you become adult, friends are the family you actually get to choose. And yeah. I wouldn't be here, genuinely, in the space that I'm in right now, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the friends that I actively chose to keep around. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thank you for sharing all of that because I think you just summed it all up. The two things that came to me while you were speaking was the two words, accountability and manipulation. Mm -hmm. And when you're speaking about, for example, that your dad didn't let you and your brother have the same set of friends because, you know, God forbid, if something happened between your brother and a friend, you would have to choose your brother's side, even if he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And to me that, and the fact that you said that your dad made it so that it had to be set up that way, made me realize that sometimes and with family, especially when you're young, the sense of accountability is removed. Like no matter if we're wrong, no matter what, we're your family and that's who you have to choose. And that's, to me, that's the saddest part because then with, and then also the part that you said where um, your friends have access and also they understand you. But the thing is sometimes with families where it goes wrong is when they use it to manipulate you. Mm -hmm. And friends that you choose don't do that because they understand that you did choose them mm -hmm. and they wouldn't be so quick to take advantage of that. I would say that's where you can grow close to, to having a healthier family, like, because accountability is so important. Like, and I say this all the time, like, I don't want kids, but if I had kids, my child would have the, would know that they can question why certain things are and I can't give them an answer because I said so <laughs> but where's the accountability where's the accountability in that you know that's not a reason you know I'd rather be honest like hey I need you home by seven why because um I'm concerned about your safety and I really want you to be home because then we could spend some quality time as a family like give a reason you know like versus because I said so and that's the rules <laughs> what what is your child really going to learn for that? Now they're going to challenge it. And then you're wondering why, oh, how dare you come in at eight or nine? Because you didn't provide a reason. And then also the manipulation, like I've dealt with my fair share of that with family. It's it could sometimes send you on a guilt trip if you're um, not careful. But if you're not learning from a young age, like how to properly position yourself even with words or responses, then it, it's just a, it's just an awkward position to be in, especially when you're under the roof of a parent and you're dealing with that type of behavior. So um, is blood really thicker than water? I would say it would be if there was more accountability mm -hmm. and less manipulation. Um, 
at least from my experience growing up, and I think you've um, touched on that as well. But the beauty of, I'm so, when I was young, I could not wait to be an adult. <laughs> because I was like, I get, because really, because I was like, I get to design my own life. I really get to design my own life and say who can be part of my life and who can't be a part of my life. Like, I really could not wait for that. So although adulthood is hard, I, uh, being a teenager and a child and answering to someone else because of no reason at all, that to me was just like, oh my God, when I turn 21, I oh. cannot wait okay. <laughs> because I will make my own rules. And not that I was like, and I wasn't a bad kid or anything. I think I did pretty decent <laughs> everything. But some things I would just um, see or hear is like, oh, that's not the way I would go about it. But um, now that I'm an adult, I'm glad that I really get to design my own life. And you're right. You know, it's all about the family that you get to choose. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, I would say to answer that question, it depends on your experience. Agreed, 1000%. I think it is unique to every individual. And okay, disclaimer, guys, I am not saying my family is shit. I love my peoples. I love both. Oh, neither am I. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I love I'm just both saying that. my family, but I'm being there were, definitely areas, there were areas where it could have been improved. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when I think back in time, you know, it could just be that we didn't have the language at that point. You know, like some things you have, you have to learn over time. And I know you're making your face right now, like, yeah, okay. No. But no, seriously, we're not regularly hearing things being said a certain way or used in a certain context, then it's not going to be applied regularly. You know, first I was going to say no, because I'm a person who I've always, I've always voiced my opinion and how I feel and things of that nature. I will say that my family or my dad's side of the family, specifically my dad's side of the family, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. Um, I don't <laughs> think they, and I genuinely believe this, they grew up in a different era and they hold on to that era. They pressed right. past the new way of living, um, modern life, if you will, modern family, if you will. They are very kind of, my family is, that part of my family, they're, they're either Bible-based or experience-based. And they've not, not all of them have been able to progress past that. And so it does makes it, it makes it very difficult to parent a child in this era of life. When I say this era, I'm, I was born in the 80s, um, the late 80s. Um, to have someone so progressive as myself and my siblings, that's, I'm sure that was difficult, but even that isn't an excuse because my friend's parents grew up in similar times and parents were mm -hmm. different. So, but again, to each his own, every situation is different. And, you know, I do believe family is sacred and should be held in high regard. Um, but don't play down the fact that your chosen family is any lesser in comparison because to me, they are two and the same. They, they possess the same power of influence. They possess the same power 
of vulnerability and you, sometimes the powers wielded by the person holding it is different. That's all. Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right. So that is the end of this topic. And that is the last episode of oh, the that's season. The finale. That's a finale show for you. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Noah. Yes. What are you, tell us a little bit of a tidbit. What have you been watching or what have you watched or reading or what are you looking forward to um, this week? Like, let's see. So I have currently been watching Queen Sugar. We watched season five. Um, if you haven't watched the show, it's bomb.com first off, okay? Because it, 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 it's, it's, it's Black love, it's Black intellect, it's Black business, it's Black family. It's Black people. I haven't black. seen the last, like, I haven't seen the last season yet, but I will definitely You need to. Charlie is my girl. Um, Nova, <laughs> Nova, I, Nova reminds me of an earlier version of myself that I wish I had held on to. She is badass. Um, I actually just got a book in the mail. It's called Happy Sexy Millionaire by, by Stephen Barlett. He is this phenomenal entrepreneur, um, philanthropist. Um, and I guess if you will, he's also a podcast host. Um, he is just phenomenally, phenomenal and brilliant. Um, and beautiful, might I add. That man is fine. He know he's fine. Lord Jesus. Anyway, back to the point. Um, so I got his book because I've been listening to his podcast and just, I followed him on social media for a while and he has, he's taken his vulnerability and his desire to be more than what he was exposed to um, and taken it to new heights. He has used daily experience. He has used his vulnerability in a sense of learning business, learning his industry, um and kind of kind of connecting that to his personal life and then building this empire um if you get a chance it's called happy sexy millionaire check it out um it talks about relationships success and money and um the title is kind of misleading because it's, it's titled happy sexy millionaire but it's anything but that and i know this because we did a pre-reading of it during his podcast, one of his recordings, um, and he talks about the, oxy the oxymoron of it. Um, what else? I think that's it. I get my second dose April 20th. So if y'all don't hear from me in season two, it's because of the second dose. Um, and, <laughs> um, I think that's it. I think I'm excited about reading this book. I'm excited about completing uh, Queen Sugar for the second time. And honestly, this second quarter of the new year, I am, I've set some new expectations for myself to be a, to be a better version of myself. Because um, if you haven't heard the term, and it's something that I've, been that I've been talking to with my friends about over the last year or so, seasonal depression is very real. And if you live in a Northeastern area or in, um, in a climate where the seasons change, you have all four seasons, you know that seasonal depression um, sets in during the fall, winter time. Um, it's real. And I didn't realize how bad I was suffering from it this year until the conversation that I was having this morning with my therapist. Um, and I realized that I, I think I talked about this before. Um, I tend to overthink things and um, I don't see 
either my own level of confidence or I don't see my level of contribution to something. Um, that and the fact that I suffer from seasonal depression, meaning I fall into these really, really extreme lows and I have a hard time coming out of them because I don't have enough sun or warmth. My body is essentially shutting down. It's so many components that ultimately lead to me completely shutting down. So with two of the new year, I am, there's a few goals that I've set in place to just um, infuse myself with better tools to survive, to survive the colder seasons, but also just to kind of um, jumpstart um, what it is that I've already set in motion and to push a little faster against some things that I've been holding off on. So yeah, that's my tidbit. And yourself. That's quite a tidbit. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a tidbit. Um, for me, business as usual, you know, doing the work with Obvious Magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, the issue is coming out next week. And then uh, just continuing on with my own personal ventures, just trying to figure out the ins and out of those things. And question. Yeah. yeah. Are we ever going to hear about those things? I'm air quotes, guys. Because um, I'm saying those things. When the time is right, yeah. Uh, okay, well, he just shut us down, y'all. I tried. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just very clear about, um, I don't mind telling people that I've tried to work on things, but mm -hmm. until I see it's at a point where it's done or at the point where it's literally complete, mm -hmm. then it doesn't, then why should I talk about it? Because it's not done. <laughs> so I'm not gonna talk about something that's not done yet. I agree, I agree but I'm still working on it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, just, um, just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like sometimes I just, like you said, overthink a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm just always trying to um, make sure I conquer things, take every day one step at a time. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So guys, I wish I had a button I could press with like a congratulations or like an applause, like oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is very exciting. Awesome. Um, I have to say before we close out, and I've said it in a few episodes, but Brian, I'm very grateful that you asked me to be a part of this. You know, oh my God. This was it really like genuinely like. I've done a series of podcasts before for people and myself, but I had a lot of fun doing this. I learned a lot about myself, but I also learned a lot about you and just our conversations. I think we initially agreed to do this together because we naturally have really great conversations, but I've enjoyed talking to you twice a week. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll talk to you more. <laughs> You're not tired of me yet? <laughs> not at all. This, honestly, it's been really, it's been really, really fun. And I also, I wanted to read a few things because I'm not sure if you saw, or I don't think it was sent to the website, uh, but I wanted to read a few reviews from the podcast um, that I've gotten from a few people. 
So let's see if I can, okay, I'm not prepared. So I'm sorry, guys. This was literally like last minute, but I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna bring it up. Um, okay, okay. So there is a listener by the name of Jeremiah who says, I love listening to your podcast every morning. I just binged it. And you guys talk about real things that make a difference in my life. Um, he then sent another response after episode 10 and said that you guys are gems. I appreciate the conversation. Your banter is amazing. And then there is, let's see where it is. Sorry guys, I just, I have a lot of DMs because I'm kind of important on Instagram. No, I'm joking. Um, let's see. So there's another one that says, by the way, I legit resonate with so much of what you share on the podcast. You guys are doing amazing. Um, I love that everyone's listening to the podcast. Yeah, that makes the podcast. Um, I smile when I got both of those uh, DMs um, and the text message. Um, and I just want to say, Brian, like your, your, your thought process and reason for wanting to do this podcast is absolutely phenomenal. And I know I talk a lot and I appreciate you for listening. Um, but I am excited <laughs> about season two because I am looking forward to this growing um, 10 times what it has done this first season. And um, yeah, like... I just want you guys yeah. to send your cyber applause to Brian <laughs> because this is his show. I'm just a co-host, y'all. I'm just a co-host. This is not my show. This is Brian's show. That's why my name is second. I'm joking. No, this it's it's great. It's great, Brian. Y'all, his well, black ass thank is you, <laughs> his black ass is smiling in the air. But this was this is fun. Yeah. No, that makes me feel really good. Um, thank you for reading those and also, thank you for agreeing to do this. Um, yeah, because I can't imagine like uh, doing it on my own. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I that would not be uh, that would not be fun. You definitely are bringing a fun factor for me because I need to remind myself to not take things so seriously. So, thank you for doing You're this. Welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, everyone, the next season starts August twelfth. August. That's when you'll see. August? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my birthday April. month. April. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm messing up the A's. <laughs> the Leo in him, guys, making everything about himself, okay? He wants to skip over the tour season. We are coming back April 12th, okay? It could it could have been that, honestly. <laughs> Just like the Leo. Leos can't let Tauruses have their moment. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so April 12th will be season two, episode one. Mm -hmm. uh, looking to bring you guys new content. So please interact with us on social media. Uh, we want to hear from you. We'll be posting things in our uh, Instagram stories. So you can follow us on Instagram at Bryant and Noah. You can follow mm -hmm. us on Twitter at Bryant and Noah. And you can also look us up on Facebook, Bryant and Noah, the podcast. So please interact with us. And then all the episodes of season one are available at bryantandnoah.com. Yes. That's our show. That's our finale. Yes. Until we meet again, everyone. Oh, that's so exciting. See you guys later. Take Thank the survey. You. It's in our bio. It's also in our show notes. Uh, let us know about this season so we know what we did right and what we can improve on. Um, peace out.
Laters.